You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 154 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm Mary, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie. And today we continue product month. Yay. Yay. A little bit different, though, because we're talking about platforms to on which you could sell your products. Very important. Very, very important. Yeah. Especially because there's so many choices, and depending what stage you're at in your business, there might be better fits for you than others. Yes, that is very true. I think the most important thing when you're starting, though, is to make sure you understand the both pros and cons of the platform you're choosing. Today, our our expert is talking all about Amazon. Um, Obviously, there's others like Etsy. And depending on if you do digital products, there's a number of like markets out there that you can sell digital products on, whether or not you have courses and you through one of the course companies, whether it's physical or digital, just sort of knowing the boundaries of those platforms, I think is really important. And the price, the cost. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I feel like there's also, you know, we talk about this with, I guess, any third party platform, right? We talk about this with Facebook or Instagram or any of the social media platforms. It's so much easier. The barriers to entry are so much lower, right? From just starting to create a following on social media versus maybe creating or cultivating a mailing list. It's easier to start usually on a third party platform because all the infrastructure is there, but then you don't own any of your stuff. Correct. The third party platform owns a lot of what you build. So I feel like you have to balance those two things. Yeah, I looked at it. So I started back when I built my own first website for brief transitions. I started on Shopify, but I very quickly switched to Amazon because I felt like I so I consider Amazon or other third parties more like a proof of concept. Mm. because they already have the marketing there. You know, they they bring you your customers. Everyone's already shopping on there. So you can tell if someone really likes or wants what you're selling by leveraging their marketing, right? But then you eventually end up switching back or at least deciding to have two streams, which would be on the third party, but then also on your own site where you can have more of the information on your customer and really use that to expand into either other products or something else that you might want to do. 
That's so. I didn't know you started on Shopify. Why'd you switch in the beginning? Because, I know you're back on Shopify, but yeah, and I'm even skipping a step there. So I started on Shopify and I switched because I realized nobody's coming to my site. It was mm-hmm. a, it was really like a hot minute that I was on there. I thought, okay, well, how, you know, how am I going to get people here? And I did it all myself, like mm. super, super basic. So it did not look nice like, at all. <laughs> yes, which does matter. It does. So then when I went on Amazon, I had a WordPress site built actually, and the buttons on the WordPress site would move people to Amazon, Mm. but then I still couldn't see like who, I didn't know who was converting because once, you know, it goes to the third party, you can't see any of that information. Right. And then after that, when I did the rebrand, I said, okay, now it's time for Shopify again. That's so interesting. And Shopify is not cheap. No. Yeah. You have to pay per month. Right. So, and you really need a developer. That is something. So my good friend, Lisa Lehman is a jewelry designer. You guys have probably heard me talk about her. Um, And she I remember when she went through her process of building her Shopify site, finding a, a, a Shopify specific developer is really important. Yeah, yeah, because it's really you think there's a lot that you can do that it's like drag and drop kind of thing, but it's actually not. Nothing's drag and drop. Everything that says it's drag and drop, it's not. (laughs) Maybe Wix or Squarespace. Yeah. Those might be. They they also have e-commerce options, but I feel like people attract to Shopify because of the analytics and it just, it's a lot more powerful. So much more. And the SEO. Yes. Because I think, I know there's issues with Squarespace and Wix and SEO. Yeah. It's, it's way more robust for, for products. And it's really, I feel like Wix and, and Squarespace are more like when you want a simple site for your service business, but you might also have maybe an ebook or something like that. But when you have either multiple, you know, multiple products, multiple SKUs, and you're really looking into all that, it's, it's different, you know, Shopify really has the the big engine behind it. They they seem to be the one that products professionals go to. Yeah, once in a while, I see debates in some of the format for in some of the forums, <laughs> hmm. because um, with like WooCommerce, because uh. if you have, you know, you can do plugin, but I think, I mean, I'm not a website person, but from what I've experienced these years with brief transitions, Shopify is the way to go when you, when you have enough sales that it makes it like yeah. worth it to, to go that direction, you know? Yeah. WooCommerce was there first. I think that's why people have sort of held on to it. That was, uh-huh. I think, that one of the very first sort of plugins, particularly because most people at the time just built on WordPress, like Word- Squarespace right. and Wix and, and Shopify didn't, I mean, maybe they existed, but nobody was really talking about them. Everyone was building on WordPress. Uh, so I feel like sometimes you just have, pe- you have holdouts. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that yeah. is probably what it is. Yeah, but, people with change. You know. Yes. But the cost, I think, is important. You know, with the third-party platforms, um, I do know that, you know, algorithm changes can change everything. I know you, I remember you had a really big issue when you your posting got taken down. Uh, when my listing was shut down yes. for eight weeks. Yes. Yeah, I remember that summer. And that frustration, you had no oh control. You had to hire somebody no to help you yeah. come out of like Amazon listing jail. Yeah, I had... I had it on my list of projects to move to Shopify, but that was like the straw that broke the camel's back (laughs) because I said, when that happened, I was like, okay, forget it. Like I can't, 
I can't deal with this. Any like it, it hadn't been, it was on my mind, but not as urgent before that. And then I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I still, there was no real reason given why it, it was a mess. Yeah. So but that's one of the cons, right? So you have yeah. the pro of everything being built in for you. You have the automatic traffic. If you do happen to get featured, I mean, that can make a business if Amazon yeah. decides to feature you or Etsy the same. If somebody on Etsy's team decides to interview you as like an artisan of the week, like that can be life-changing, but the con of that <laughs> is what happened to you, which is you have no control over your listing. And those terms and conditions are really clear. They can take you off for whatever reason or no reason, and yeah, they have no zero reason. liability to you. None. Mm -hmm. None. None. I mean, they, the platforms have to do that for their business model. Otherwise, right. you know, they'd have so much potential liability. So it's important when you're starting to weigh that. Um, and even if you do start perhaps... Um, on one of those third-party platforms because of all those pros, knowing in the back of your head when you hit a th certain threshold, you can't just rest on your laurels. You have to move to your own platform yeah. so that you can, you know, um, avoid any of those issues and being reactive versus being proactive. Yeah. You get comfortable and then it's like, what just happened? Yeah. No, I, I recommend that to everyone. It's definitely, even if you're going to stay on the third-party platform, that you do both so that yeah. you have something for yourself. I, I don't see any necessarily any reason. Like I, Lisa's another good example. She really started selling on Etsy a very long time ago. And she eventually obviously has her own website and does, she has a Shopify site and her, all, most of her sales, I believe are through her website, but I think she still has a profile up on Etsy. I don't think she necessarily yeah. ever took it down. I don't know mm -hmm. though. I'll have to check it out and see. Um, but obviously building your mailing list and owning those names and, and having those direct conversations, the control, um, is so much better in yeah. all in, for any business really. Yeah, I agree. Because especially as you, as you want to grow and expand or maybe do different things, like yeah. at the end of the day, if you have none of that information, how, how do you grow and expand, you know, it makes it harder to do that or even value your business. Yeah. Like we talked about in January with selling a business. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. If you don't have a list or anything, then what? Well, I actually, just, it's so interesting. I just had this conversation with a, a client who is looking for investors and so we started talking, I'm like, okay, well, we have to value your company, obviously. And we need to talk about like, what are your assets? And they're like, mm -hmm. we have a Facebook group. I'm like, yeah, you don't own that Facebook group. Like Facebook owns that Facebook group and that could be turned off tomorrow. So right. while there's value to a Facebook group, and I'm not saying that there's not, you need to be communicating with that Facebook group in such a way so that you also have their information and communicate with them in the event that Facebook decides to shut down your group. You know, mm -hmm. not having control over those followers is, you know, really um, just something to be mindful of. I don't think you have to like live in fear of it, but <laughs> certainly being mindful of the fact that your end goal should be to sort of own your platform, own your community and have complete con as much control over it as you can is the way to go. But a great, yeah. those th these third party platforms are great springboards. Totally. I mean, that's yeah, they've I mean. Amazon, for example, it's it's given so many people the ability to start a business, yep. you know, and grow businesses. So there's definitely I'm definitely not someone that totally rules that out. But just knowing like we were talking about the pros and cons and deciding what's best for you. And I like that what you said about it's keeping the end in mind, like that you do want to have something for yourself yeah. at the end of the day. Totally. So how can you get to that? Yeah, we should now okay. introduce our very awesome guest to talk yeah. all about Amazon. 
all about Amazon. It's it's great. Mike Begg is an entrepreneur and expert in e-commerce, digital marketing, and operational nearshoring. Mike co-founded AMZ Advisors with his two partners in 2015 and has grown the business to managing over $10 million per year in ad spend and $100 million per year in Amazon sales. Mike and the AMZ team also operate AMZ courses, educating Amazon sellers on how to maximize sales on the platform. Mike loves sharing advice and help on anything related to Amazon and building efficient businesses. And now on to the episode. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of classes, we've created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and terms and conditions and privacy. Whether you are a designer, developer, creator, or you own your own brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We've capped all videos at 20 minutes to make sure we get the most important subjects without all of the unnecessary legal jargon. You can choose the mini class you want, or you can buy a bundle and make a masterclass. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you'll be empowered to make decisions and will know when you need to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mary. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate the time and you know having the opportunity to speak to your audience. Excellent. I'm so excited for us to talk about all things e-commerce and Amazon. <laughs> of course, that's my specialty, so I'll try my best. <laughs> we have lots to cover. Okay, so first, can you tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about Amazon Advisors and what you do sure. there? Yeah, so uh, my company is AMZ Advisors. Uh, we've been around for about six uh, and a half years at this point. And what we do is we help brands and manufacturers uh, sell more products on Amazon. So we partner with them. We hand, handle everything from creating the SEO content to coming up with promotional strategies to actually uh, implementing the advertising and managing that. So we handle the entire Amazon marketing lifecycle for our clients. And do you find that a lot of your clients have both Amazon and Shopify or Amazon and another platform that they sell on? Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Uh, you know, if we're, if we're talking about building a brand over time and building something that has, you know, some equitable value, obviously having control of your own sales channel through your own website with your own branded content is definitely a very, very valuable add-on to have to, to just the sales that you're getting. Uh, so yeah, I think almost all of our clients have, you know, their own website in addition to Amazon and maybe other platforms like Walmart, Etsy, Zulily, Wish, depending on what products they're selling. Mm -hmm. Where do they usually start? Do you find most people start with Amazon? I would say it's kind of a mix. I, I think the best place to start is probably with Amazon, but I think a lot of people probably start building their own websites first uh, and using that as their first foray into e-commerce. But when you think about it, 69% of all product searches start on Amazon. So people are already going to the platform. And if you have a product that you want people to find, it's just easier to go, uh, you know, to go put it where people are going. Uh, it's going to get the most vi visibility to your product over time. So, yeah, I think Amazon is definitely a, a big sales channel to focus on early on in your e-commerce business. What would you say are the most important parts of your listing on Amazon? So it really starts with, uh, you know, the imagery. Visual imagery is, is probably one of the most important things that you are going to find on Amazon. I mean, if you're looking at the mobile app, 
Uh, the images show up before any of the text except for the title. Um, you know, clearly defining what your product is within the title is very important as well, but using those images to call out the main uh, features or benefits that the product provides to the end consumer is very important within the product listing. And I would say is probably the most important when it comes to the actual conversion of a customer versus the, the listing content, the written stuff, that's more for the SEO aspects and the ranking within the, within the platform um, instead of the conversions as much. What type of images do you think are best? Are there certain kinds or styles that are better than others? The, the, the main image that you need to start with needs to have a white background. So it's really a very simple uh, image. But the, what we like to do with our other seven, eight images that we put on a customer listing is we like to figure out what the main benefits of the product is to the end consumer and then incorporate it into uh, some type of lifestyle image. So we'll do maybe a lifestyle of a, uh, let's say it's a dress or something, for example. Uh, we'll do a lifestyle of a dress, lifestyle image of a dress. We'll put uh, you know text overlay, calling out whatever the feature is that we're trying to highlight in that lifestyle photo. So using text overlay within the photo, I think, is uh, a very important strategy to implement to, to the imagery on the Amazon listing. Oh, that makes sense because, yeah, if people aren't even really reading the text, but they're scrolling through those images, that's a big part of it. Then they can get the information faster. I like that. Cool. Exactly. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> just capture their attention where it's going. It's the easiest way to do it. Right. Okay. So where do most brands fail when it comes to selling on Amazon? I think most brands fail because they're not willing to make the investment into the platform. I mean, there are a lot of downsides to Amazon. Obviously, the fees they collect is a lot for uh, many brands to get over. Um, you know, Amazon's taking a 15% referral fee. And if you're using FBA, the, the fees come out to be about another 15%. So you're looking at about 30% there. Uh, and from that, they, they don't, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not making money here. It's not worth investing in my brand. It's not worth spending money on advertising or promotions because I'm just going to make less money. Mm -hmm. And again, go, this goes back to what I said before that it's really about brand discovery. So if you're not advertising, if you're not marketing on the platform, it's going to be that much harder for people to find you. I mean, SEO can only get you to a certain point without the advertising piece. And once the goal is, you know, you're advertising, now you're getting the customers to purchase your product. You're building up the social proof. They're having good shopping experiences, hopefully, and hopefully it's more than just a one-time purchase product. Then from there, now the, the idea is how can I get these people to purchase from my website or whatever other platform that I control the data more where my fees aren't as high and I can make more money from there. So attracting those initial customers through the Amazon platform, through investing in your advertising is extremely important if you plan on building a, a larger e-commerce brand offside of the Amazon platform. Is there a certain, a certain percentage that you recommend to spend for advertising, for example? It really depends. I mean, the way, the common uh, way that advertising is measured in the digital marketing space is ROAS or return on ad spend. Uh, Amazon has its own metric, which is ACOS, which is average cost of sale. It's essentially just the inverse of ROAS. When we're working with our clients, I mean, everyone has their own uh, you know, different goals. Some people want to make some money from all their advertising sales. They want to be profitable. Other people are just looking to gain as much visibility as possible and get, get as many customers to try the product as possible. It really depends on what your approach to the platform is and how you plan to you know, grow your brand over time, how, how, how quickly you want to grow as well. What we usually recommend is targeting a advertising percentage, which is equal to your break-even cost. So you know, let's say that your cost of good is 30%, your uh, Amazon fees are going to be about 30%. Now you have about a 40% margin left. I would recommend targeting a 40% margin with your advertising dollars. 
Because at the very least, you're just getting the, your money back on the actual product. You're turning the inventory quicker. That cash is coming back to you, and you're reinvesting it into the inventory. Uh, the more inventory you sell, the more discounts or, or price breaks you're going to get when you're actually purchasing that inventory back. And again, the more advertising sales you get, the higher your product's going to show up organically. So the more you invest into the advertising, the more organic sales you'll get down the road. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So how long? How long would you say you have to spend on advertising up front to even start to see the organic growth later? It can be pretty quickly, um, to be mm -hmm. honest. I mean, you might have the SEO content and it might start uh, ranking. It's going to start ranking immediately for some some uh, keywords. I mean, when I started selling myself on Amazon, I think seven years ago, you know, it wasn't as competitive. It was great. You do the SEO, you threw it up. We sold, I think, 25 units in our first day just through SEO. It's definitely more competitive now. You, you will be indexed for some longer tail keywords within the platform based on what Amazon is uh, seeing in your content and how they're going to place you on the platform. And then advertising on those longer tail keywords. I mean, you could get two, three sales on, on a specific keyword and be the top of page one if it's not a higher volume keyword. I mean, if you're going after toothbrush, that's going to be a lot of high volume. It's going to be harder to get to the top of page one. But if you go after children's toothbrush multi-pack or you know, something like that, that's longer tail, you know, the, the advertising cost is going to be lower. It's going to be easier to move up in those, those uh, rankings. So you won't need as many sales through the advertising to actually get to page one. Uh, and that's the approach that we really recommend taking. Uh, a lot of clients that are starting out on the Amazon platform taking because it, it costs a lot of money to, to advertise on toothbrush yeah. and get to page one. Is, do you have a different approach if they're selling their own product or if they're a reseller? The approach is essentially similar. Obviously, the margins are a little bit tighter on the reseller side. If you're going to go on the reseller side, and you know that's fine. We, we've also done that in the past. I would focus less on the break-even because you're actually not going to make any money mm. <laughs> in the long term. I would focus more on just trying to get to maximize the amount of uh, organic sales you can get and really target those long-tail keywords. I mean, you could get a, an ACOS or a ROAS of 10. You know, you're spending 10% of each sale on your 10% of each sale on your advertising. That's probably going to still be profitable for you. There's probably going to be some margin left for you to, to capture there. Uh, and the good thing is, if you're you're reselling, you're also potentially selling on listings where there are other people marketing the product as well. Not only is your your product getting the sale, your advertising getting the sales, other people's advertising is getting the sales, and that kind of helps the listing move up overall. Again, I wouldn't be overly aggressive there. You might even want to look at off-platform strategies like link building, building links on other platforms to the product listing to get free traffic. That's another good way. That's probably the main differences I would say between that and you know building your own brand, controlling the manufacturing, and uh, you know not having other resellers on the listing that are doing advertising when the entire responsibility is on you. Yeah, and for anyone listening that maybe isn't so familiar with e-commerce, I should also specify, you know, reselling is is when you buy someone else's product and you're selling it versus building your own brand and and creating your own creating your own brand and going through the whole manufacturing lifecycle process yeah. of the product. That is actually how I started in the Amazon space was uh, literally just going to Target and Walmart and buying stuff on clearance, mm. reselling it on Amazon. Uh, and, you know, we made close to $10,000 over a few months doing that and then started building our own private label brands. Um, so yeah, reselling can be profitable. Well, and you mentioned that's that's quite a few years ago now. Do you think hmm. it's harder to do that now? I think there's definitely still opportunities to get back into the reselling. Uh, I mean, 
there are a lot of brands on the platform that aren't maintaining their presence. So it's a lot easier to compete because uh, you're competing against other resellers versus the brand, which can get to a lower price point than you'll ever be able to. So I think it's still possible. There are a lot of people that actually make a living doing that. Uh, I remember reading uh, an article, I think a couple years ago, um, like two years ago maybe, about nomad retail arbitrage where people literally just drive around the entire U.S. buying everything they can on, on clearance and then reselling it on Amazon. And you know people are making six-figure uh, salaries doing that. So there's definitely still opportunities within the, the, the resale, uh, retail arbitrage space. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of a lot of physical work too, to be going around and into the different stores and everything. It's definitely a challenge. I, I mean, it was fun when we were starting out. I mean, I was, I was younger, but uh, <laughs> definitely when you see the opportunities that there are through building a brand through the platform, it, it's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. How about, what do you, what do you say when you see like I have a brand, for example, and I've seen other listings come up that try to use similar keywords. I can tell that they're they're not a full brand. They're kind of like a copycat of some sort. Mm-hmm. And they try to use some of my keywords or my brand name and things like that. Do you see that often? And what do you say in those cases to your clients? This is uh, the way that we approach it is we think of it as how are we building their e-commerce sales funnel? And we try to get the point across to them that if you're spending all this time acquiring customers to your brand and people are actually starting to search for your brand now, it's extremely important to protect those keywords. So we recommend advertising on your own branded keywords using the sponsored products and sponsored brand advertising to make sure that competitors aren't stealing your branded terms. You know, that it takes a lot of money to acquire a customer to get them to purchase. And now if you're you're building that brand equity and they're actually going to search for your product, you know, you don't want to lose them once they search for your product and they find something else. So we recommend advertising on those keywords. The other great thing about it is that if people are searching for your brand, it's very likely that they want to buy your brand. So your conversion rates are going to be very high. Your cost is going to be very low on those advertising uh, keywords. So it's another great way to just kind of help your overall advertising as well as protect your brand. That's a great point. I'm thinking about when I shop and if I have a brand in mind, I'm pretty set on that. So I specifically look for that brand. Yeah. So if a competitor is showing up, they may not, they're probably not converting very well. Maybe a, a small percentage are actually going to that competitor product and, t- and trying it. And, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, you're just losing people that are, that are interested in your brand. And that's something you really want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've talked a lot about the different parts of advertising, but can you share, what do you think are, what are the main benefits? Like, Cause if someone comes to you and they say, okay, I want to fix up my brand on Amazon and just, I want to, you know, even fix my e-commerce funnel, but I don't want to pay for advertising. What do you tell them? <laughs> uh, we tell them that good luck. Um, no. <laughs> Obviously, there are aspects you can do. I mean, a lot of there are ways to do that. If you already have a good brand name, you have uh, recognition on other platforms, even if it's social media, there are a lot of low cost ways you can do it. If you're only going to advertise or if you don't want to spend much on advertising, at least advertise on your branded search terms so that other competitors aren't stealing your potential customers that are looking for your brand. Mm. Uh, That is the minimum. I mean, we would start obviously with SEO. When you're building your own brand, we're going to create the visual content. So the branding across all of your product listings is is similar. uh, And and it's also similar to what your website is or what other platforms you're, you're selling on. So they have the same feeling no matter where they're actually buying your product. Uh, and at least keeping it consistent on the Amazon platform 
you know, it might not turn into a massive sales channel for you that way, but you, you're going to prevent people from stealing your customers, which is probably the most important thing. And your customers that are searching are going are gonna to have a better experience when they, when they feel like they're actually buying from you instead of buying from the Amazon platform. So at a minimum, that is what I would recommend for okay. doing it on the Amazon side. That's great. No, I know because I, I mean, I was now I, I spend for I pay for ads on Amazon, but in the beginning, it feels so hard because you're, you know, you're trying to grow, trying to get sales. Where do you invest and put the money? So I love the way you summarize that. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Everyone that's building their own brand for the first time, they're not well capitalized for the most part. And it is, it is tough to make that big investment. But once you get more comfortable with selling on Amazon, once you understand how the entire uh, algorithm works, how advertising benefits your organic sales over time, gets easier and easier to invest and you know hopefully spin up other brands where the learning curve or the sales growth curve isn't as uh, steep you can get it or isn't as uh, shallow you can get you can start maximizing those sales quicker another question I get asked a lot is about Amazon FBA so mm-hmm. for those that for those listening that don't know FBA is fulfilled by Amazon can you talk a little bit about that and should people do that or should they not do that if, if you ask me before 2020, I would say that you need to be doing FBA. Uh, if you're selling on the platform, there is no better way to get the visibility than by being on FBA. If, if you're fulfilling products yourself from your house or from a warehouse, if you have a, a larger business, you're not going to get as much visibility. Uh, but since you know everything that's happened last year and how quickly e-commerce has exploded on the Amazon marketplace... Amazon has started to allow uh, these products that are fulfilled by merchant is the term we use uh, instead of fulfilled by Amazon. So you're sending the product yourself. Amazon has started to allow those products to gain more visibility on the platform within the organic search algorithm. So by having that, uh, you're not required as much to use FBA to succeed on the platform. And I mean, if you're a newer brand, you might want to use it just to get that additional visibility within the platform. But Amazon's drastically limited the amount of inventory you're able to send into FBA. Having that fulfillment by merchant option is extremely important. If you don't want to do the merchant fulfillment yourself, if you don't feel like keeping all the inventory in your house or you you don't want to get a warehouse for it, there's a lot of companies out there called third-party logistics companies or 3PL for short. And these 3PL companies will warehouse your inventory. They will pick and pack your product and actually send it to the end consumer for you if you want to avoid Amazon FBA. I didn't realize that that they changed so much more recently makes sense because of the the pandemic. Because what I knew about Fulfill by Merchant before was they had really strict guidelines in terms of the timing and the shipping and everything so that you could eventually still get the little prime symbol (laughs) on your listing. Yeah, that was the Seller Fulfilled Prime program. uh, And it's still available. You're still able to get that. But at the same time, you know, you are getting more visibility. I think the numbers I saw were that during the the Black Friday and uh, Prime Day this year, because Prime Day was in October, uh, those are you know very high sales uh, periods on the Amazon platform. And I think the percentage of products sold by FBM uh, or fulfillment by merchant went close to 20%, which is uh, significantly higher than it usually is uh, compared to products that are FBA. I mean, the rest of the year. FBA products are doing about 95% of the daily sales or monthly sales in the platform. So FBM does not get as much visibility. I didn't, I knew it was big. I didn't realize it was that big of a number. Yeah, it's big. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Okay. What are the best ways to start marketing your product with a small budget? If you have a small budget? Well, I mean, the first thing you're going to want to start with is probably investing into some 
uh, automatic advertising campaigns on the platform. That's going to help you do a lot more keyword discovery for those longer tail keywords, which will be more profitable for you. Uh, they probably won't cost as much. The search volume might not be as much, so you might not get as many uh, clicks. But when you actually get a conversion, that ACoS or the ROAS uh, is going to be better for you as a company. The other way you could uh, consider starting to advertise on the platform, uh, apart from the branded, uh, the brand protection campaigns that we talked about a little earlier, would also be to uh, target specific competitor products that you feel you have a competitive advantage of. One good way to do this would be that look at your competitor. Let's say you have four and a half star reviews uh, on your product. Let's target all the products that have less than four stars. So our product looks better if a customer's seeing it. Again. This might be a little bit lower cost. Uh, you're going to get placement on a product that's not as good. So maybe you'll convert a little bit better if your ad is, is showing that way. Another one is price point. You could also target based on price point. So maybe target all the products that are $5 more expensive than my product. Uh, this is going to get you placement on other products that are maybe getting traffic. Again, that you have a competitive advantage of. So your conversion rates might be a little bit higher. Those are probably some of the, the easier ways to get started on the advertising side um, because that that will cost you less or you'll get a better conversion rate from that. So the amount you're spending, you don't need as much to be as profitable and, you, and you'll keep growing that way. I would say that's probably like the very base level strategy you can start with. And then from there, focusing on the longer tail keywords in manual targeting campaigns with phrase and match type to really start scaling your sales. And are there any ways, so after someone buys, is is there anything you could do to start getting them with your brand, maybe moving over to the other platforms like we talked about before, perhaps your own website? The There are a few different things you can do. It, believe me, it's certainly not easy to do, but it, it, it is achievable. Uh, one of the ways you could start doing that, and this is obviously you have to be careful with it because you want to make sure that you don't violate Amazon's terms of service, is to use what's called a product insert card. And with a product insert card, you are trying to get the customer to search your brand more, to find it online. Uh, you might put a direct link. Well, you might put your, your website domain on the product insert card. You might have a UR, a QR code that they scan and it brings them directly to their website. Uh, that's one way you can do it. Obviously, what Amazon says in the terms of service is that you can't incentivize a customer to go there. Um, mm. so, you know, putting anything that's saying, you know, get a free discount, save anything like that can be a problem for your product. So always avoid something like that. And then another great way you can do it is with the Amazon DSP platform, which is another advertising platform they have for display ads, both on the Amazon platform and off the Amazon platform. And by using DSP, you can retarget customers that have per uh, previously purchased from you, or you could retarget customers that have looked at your product page. And then from there, you can drive that traffic either back to the Amazon listing, or you could potentially drive it to your own website. If you have a nice website set up, uh, you know, it's optimized for conversions. Uh, you can also drive traffic there. And that's one way to start building that email list, but building the buyers off of your platform that have already purchased from you on the platform. So it's a great way to save, start making higher margin sales on, on your own website outside of Amazon. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And Mike, you have a new course coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, of course. Uh, myself, my two partners, we've put a lot of time and effort into this. Uh, you know, we work with brands that are typically doing between one to $10 million in sales on the Amazon platform, but we realize there's a lot of people doing less than that, that we weren't really able to help. Uh, so we created a AMZ courses, it's amzcourses.com. And what we're doing there is we're essentially giving our entire process of accelerating your brand on Amazon. So if you're looking to, you know, get from 
zero to $30,000 a month or more in sales, I mean, this is a great place to start. It'll give you the knowledge you need to really understand the Amazon platform yourself, how to start doing your advertising yourself, and then you know how to start building over time. And then once you get to a certain point, you know whether you want to specialize in the Amazon side and do it yourself, or whether you want to hand it off to someone else, you know it's up to you. But the entire idea behind that was just to help other people succeed on the Amazon platform because there's so much opportunity to make sales on Amazon uh, and build your own brands. I mean, I've built uh, two brands already. I'm starting another three this year, you know, there's so much opportunity for people to make money and build businesses within the Amazon platform. And I think just everyone needs to have the access to that. Yeah. And what I love is that because Amazon is, I I know this from experience, always changing. So it's (laughs) great to be tied into some experts that really keep tabs on what's going on and what has changed and how you can keep leveraging because otherwise... You know, you blink and a year goes by and your inform a month goes by and your information is out yeah. of date, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, <laughs> things change so rapidly on the platform. That's why as part of this, we we have a live Q&A sessions bi-weekly. So any questions that you have as a seller, you can ask us directly. We'll answer them live on Facebook. Um, and it's just a better way for everyone to learn, uh, for everyone to, to stay on top of things, figure out what the latest trends are, and then you know either listen to us and implement it themselves or figure out their own way to implement what they're learning to grow their brand. Excellent. And can you tell everyone where they can find you? The best way to find us directly, if you have our already selling and looking to increase your sales is our website, amzadvisors.com. If you're looking to get started or looking to scale your brand on the Amazon platform, check out amzcourses.com. Or if you just want to ask me anything uh, about e-commerce in general, you can always email me directly at mike at amzadvisors.com. Excellent. Thanks so much, Mike. I'll put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today and for sharing all of your Amazon insights with us. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me here, Mary. I really hope I was able to provide some good uh, information to your audience and, you know, I hope they find it valuable. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of courses, we have created a series of mini classes on the following topics business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and privacy. Whether you are a creator, a developer, or you own a brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you will be empowered to make decisions and will know when to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. Well, he is an awesome resource for Amazon sellers. Right? Yes. So much good information. So much. And I feel like with Amazon changing all the time, it's important to stay up to date with all of that. Yes. Oh my gosh. They sneeze and like everything is different (laughs) and people are scrambling and... He's definitely an excellent resource for sure. Exactly. Yeah. We'd love to hear where our product sellers are selling. Are you selling on your website? Plus, this gives you a chance to plug your product. So drop your link as to where you're selling and what your favorite platform is in our Facebook group. If you are not a member of the Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ on Facebook or at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. As always, we love and appreciate reviews, so please leave a review wherever you listen. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week.
Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.